My name is Hosea, son of Biri. I know many of you know me. I'm sure that some of you despise me and are upset that I would even be here in this sanctuary to speak, this synagogue to speak with you. I know many of you think that in my life I've acted foolishly, that I'm not a prophet. But I ask that you listen to my story. I've been speaking it for more than 30 years. I was appointed by Yahweh to be his prophet, and I have faithfully spoken his words and have obeyed him these last 30 years, no matter what he has called me to do. About 30 years ago, the Lord first spoke to me, and he told me to go and marry this particular woman, this woman that would become promiscuous, that I should go and take her and have children with her. Yes, I see you shaking your heads. Those of you that think this is my foolishness, that this could not have been God's words. Those of you that want to rend your garment and say this is blasphemy, that God would not do this. God would never ask a man to do this. But please, listen to my story. It was. I know it was Yahweh that was speaking to me. And as his appointed prophet, there was only one thing that I could do to obey. So I married Gomer, daughter of Diplaim. I took her as my wife, and she bore me a son. When he was born, the Lord spoke to me and said that I should name him Jezreel. And I thought, what kind of name is this? Jezreel, as in the valley where the house of Jehu had massacred Jezebel and the many other worshipers of Baal. But what was the meaning of this, of Jezreel? this place of massacre. Then Gomer conceived and gave birth to my daughter. But this time the Lord told me to name her Lo-Ruhamah, which means not loved. What a horrible name to give to a daughter. What a horrible name to bear to be called not loved. I was confused. I asked the Lord, why? But at that point, I did not understand. Then after Gomer had weaned Lo-Ruhamah, she gave birth to another son. And this time, the Lord told me to call, to name him Lo-Ami, meaning not my kin or not my people. Again, I was confused. Lord, why would, why would you have me name him this? What a horrible name for a son. Not my kin. What a horrible name to have. 
Lord, I didn't understand. And many mock me for naming my children this way. But I know that it was Yahweh that spoke this to me, and so I obeyed. Tragically, I, I soon came to understand some of the meaning. I came to the horrible reality that these children of mine were not mine. That they were the offspring of Gomer and the lovers that she had chased after. And in fact, Gomer left me and went to live with these lovers. These lovers that she secretly pursued. I was filled with anger I was so broken hearted. I remember I could not even I didn't even not want to face Gomer and speak to her. So I gathered her, her children, Jezreel, Lo Ruhama, and Lo Ami. And I told them the news. And I told them, Rebuke your mother. Rebuke her, for she is not my wife, and I am not her husband. Tell her if that she does not remove that adulterous look from her face and the unfaithfulness from between her breasts that I will come and strip her naked just as when she was born. Tell her that I'll make her like a desert. I'll turn her into parched land and I'll slay her with thirst. And tell her that I will not show love to her children, for they are children of adultery. Your mother has been unfaithful and, dis and conceived you in disgrace. She decided, oh, I'll go after my lovers. They'll give me my food, my water, my wool, my linen, my olive oil, and my drink. I'll run after them. So I disciplined her. I disciplined her for she didn't acknowledge that I was the one who had given her the grain, the wine, the olive oil, her drink, and the silver and gold, which she gave to her lovers who then spent it in their worship of Baal. Therefore, I took away the grain when it ripened and the new wine when it was ready. I took back the wool and the linen that were intended to cover her naked body, and instead I exposed her lewdness. I exposed it in front of the eyes of her lovers. I stopped all of her celebrations, her festivals, her new moons, her Sabbaths, all her appointed festivals. I ruined her vines and her fig trees. She said they were the pay from her lovers, but I made them into a thicket and wild animals destroyed them. I punished her for the days that she burned incense to Baal, for the days where she decked herself in jewelry and went after her lovers, the days that she forgot me. Yes, she forgot me. Though I loved and provided for her, she forgot me. So I disciplined her that she would return to me. 
then because of the great love that God had given me for her, a jealous love, God called me to woo her back from her lovers. First, I decided I would block her path with thorn, thorn bushes, that I would wall her in so that she wouldn't be able to find her way, that she wouldn't be able to find her lovers and wouldn't be able to catch them, to find them, so that she would finally say, oh, I'll go back to my husband as at first, for that was better than what I have now. The Lord spoke to me. He said that I should go and allure her, that I would lead her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. The Lord said that I would give her her vineyards and she would respond as in the days of her youth and call me my husband, not merely my master. The Lord told me that I would remove the names of Baal from her lips, that their names, that his name would no longer be invoked. That in a day I would make a covenant with her, protect her, that she would be able to lie down in safety. That I would be betrothed to her again forever, betrothed to her in righteousness and justice, in love and compassion and faithfulness, and that she would acknowledge my love. Starting that day, the Lord opened the skies and the earth responded with grain and wine and olive oil. And I planted Gomer for myself in the land. And I showed love to my children. The child I had named, not loved, was loved. And the child named, not my kin, not my people, became one of my people. Because the Lord said to me, Go and show your love to your wife again. Though she is loved by another man and is an adulteress, love her as the Lord loves us Israelites. Though the Israelites turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes that they eat in their celebration of Baal and their other pagan gods, he called me to love her the way our God loves us, his people Israel. So I went to the auction. Yes, at this point her lovers had used her and were discarding her, selling her at an auction. And the Lord called me to go and redeem her, to buy her back. Yes, I've seen your heads shaking before that telling me that no, this could not be what God would have, that a man to take such a woman. You say that this is blasphemy, that this could not be God's word. But it was Yahweh's word. I knew it. And so I did, and I obeyed his seemingly impossible command. I bought her back for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a lethic of barley. And I told her, you are to live with me many days and you must not prostitute yourself or be intimate with any man. 
and I will behave the same way toward you. And after this, we have lived happily together with our children who are loved, who are my people. That is my story. A story for the last 30 years that I have lived out. And yet many of you have opposed. You've opposed me. You've opposed this story and said that it is not of God. That I'm just a fool blaming my unrighteous acts on God. But am I the first prophet that has ever been asked by God to do something unusual? To do something difficult? Did not God call Isaiah for three years to walk through our country naked, proclaiming the coming judgment? Yes, he did. But let me remind you of another prophet, the prophet Nathan. After David sinned with Bathsheba and arranged for her husband to be killed, Nathan went to David and had a story for him. He told him of a rich man and a poor man. The rich man had so much, many cattle, many sheep. But when a visitor came, he did not take his own sheep. Instead, he sacrificed the one sheep that this poor man had. This sheep that had grown up in their house, grown up with their children, that the man said was like a daughter with him that they fed from their table, this young sheep that slept in his lap. Yet the rich man came and took it and slaughtered it. All that this man had. David burned with anger and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are that man. Nathan told a story to David. But today I have told you the story of my life. And I say to you, though you think that I am unrighteous, that I'm a fool who squandered his life and his love on an adulteress, I declare that all that God has done in my life was for you. That my life story was for you. When God asked me to marry Gomer, and told me she would be a woman that would become unfaithful. Gomer symbolizes you. When God picked you, Israel, to be his people in Deuteronomy 7, it said, The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other people, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it was because the Lord chose to love you. God didn't choose you because you were so big. He didn't chose you, choose you because of He knew great things that you would do. 
He just chose you. In fact, He chose you because you were so few in number. And just like God chose Gomer for me, He chose you, Israel, knowing that you would be unfaithful to Him. When Gomer gave birth to the son, he told me to name him Jezreel because God was soon going to punish the house of Jehu for the massacre at Jezreel and that he was going to put an end to the kingdom of Israel. And I proclaimed that throughout Israel at the time, the word of the Lord and why I had named my son Jezreel. For in that day, God said he was going to break the bow and the military power of Israel in the valley of Jezreel, that day that was coming. Because the house of Jehu, yes, they had been commanded by God to bring his judgment upon Jezebel for her worship of Baal and the many others. And Jezebel was thrown from the window and died and eaten by the dogs. And this was because of her disobedience and the others that disobeyed God. So they did what was right, but they didn't carefully, the house of Jehu didn't carefully listen to the words of the Lord. And instead, they continued the massacre far beyond what the Lord had wanted. They were not careful with the word of the Lord. And God said he would judge them and bring an end to the kingdom of Israel. And yet, God also spoke that though he was bringing his discipline, his judgment, he would yet show his love again. Then Gomer left me. Me, her faithful husband, and she went and chased after her lovers and looked to them to supply her needs, to supply her food and drink and love to satisfy her. And that was why God had me name my first daughter not loved and my son not my people. It's because you were unfaithful to God. God knew when he chose you that you would become people of unfaithfulness. That Israel would leave and Go after the many pagan gods of the Gentiles, especially Baal, and worshiping him, the God of fertility, hoping that by worshiping him, your your fields would be more fertile and your women would be more fertile, bringing more sons and daughters. Trusting in Baal rather than God, who has always loved you with an everlasting love. Yet the Lord said, though he would discipline you, he would yet redeem you. Though he disciplined you, he looked forward to redeeming Jezreel and restoring you back to himself. And he said, yet the Israelites one day will be like the sand on the seashore, which cannot be measured or countered, in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people. They will be called children of the living God. The people of Judah 
and the people of Israel will come together and they'll appoint a leader and will come up out of the land for great will be the day of Jezreel. That though because of Jezreel God disciplines Israel, He also speaks that one day He will redeem at that place His people. The Lord's judgment is coming. I've been saying this for nearly 30 years. He's going to take away your grain, your wine, your festivals. He will expose your lewdness before your lovers, just as I exposed Gomer's before her lovers. For Gomer is a picture of you in your unfaithfulness and how you've run to these others to give you what you wanted, what you felt you lacked, what for some reason you felt that God had not provided for you, though he was so faithful. But a day will come when God's judgment comes. And through the Assyrians, God said, they are coming and they will conquer you. They'll put an end to your celebrations, your yearly festivals, your Sabbath days, all your appointed festivals. And through the Assyrians, God will ruin your vines and fig trees, for which you said were pay from your lovers. God will make them a thicket, and wild animals will destroy them. They will devour them. God will punish you for the days where you burned incense to Baal when you decked yourself with rings and jewelry and went after Gentile lovers and you forgot Yahweh, the Lord. Yes, you forgot the Lord. But God says a day is coming when just as He called me to go and allure Gomer, that God is going to allure you He's going to lead you into the wilderness and speak tenderly to you. And there He will give back to you your vineyards. And there you will respond as in the days of your youth when you followed the Lord as He led you out of Egypt so faithfully. Yes, in that day, you will not just call Him my master. You will call Him my husband. And he'll remove from your lips the name of Baal. And your lips will invoke that name no more. And he'll make a covenant with you. And the bow and sword and battle he will abolish from the land so that you'll be able to have the safety that you long for. God will betroth you to himself forever. He will betroth you in righteousness and justice in love and compassion and faithfulness, and you will acknowledge the Lord. And in that day, the Lord God will move. He will move the skies, and they will respond to the earth. And the earth will respond to the grain, and the new wine and the olive oil will come. God will plant you in the land for Himself. He will show you His love, and you will not be called not loved. And he will say to those called not my kin, not my relative, not my people, he will say, you are my kin, my people. And you will say to him, 
You are my God. Just as I bought back Gomer at the auction when her lover just wanted to discard her. So the Lord will buy you back from your lovers, those that you went to so adulterously. For the the Lord loves you even though you have turned to others, to other gods. You have loved the raisin cakes at the pagan festivals. Yes, judgment is coming. I've warned it. I've warned you about it for nearly three decades. And yes, because of this judgment, you Israelites will live many days without a king, without sacrifices, without ephods and the priests. But then afterwards, you will return and seek the Lord. You'll come trembling to the Lord and to His blessings in the last days because He will woo you back. He will discipline you so that you will turn back and He will woo you back to Himself. So repent of looking to others to provide for you, to these other gods to provide food and shelter and safety. Repent of it and turn to the Lord now. Many of you look to idols. Your idols of this day looking to fame or success, to money, to your possessions, thinking that these things will satisfy you, believing that God has not satisfied you. And so you've adulterously left Him for these lovers, these idols. And you've broken the heart of God. But remember that He chose you. He chose to love you. And His love never ends. He disciplines you so that you'll return to Him. And He woos you back to Himself because He loves you with an everlasting love. Return to the Lord. Repent. He waits for you. He woos you. My life story my pain, the pain of my children, my wife, were for you. Perhaps God felt that only through a story like this that you see lived out could you understand that it's your story. Return to the Lord. His love for you is everlasting. He chose to love you even though He knew you would be unfaithful. His love for you is not contingent on what you do. He chose to love you. He loves you now. And that love will go on into eternity. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we do just celebrate 
your amazing love. And Lord, we thank you that you chose each of us. And Lord, we just acknowledge your love is like no other love. Thank you for the story of Hosea and the amazing way that you communicate your truths to your people. Lord, you want these truths not to just be in our mind, but to be in our heart, in our soul. Help us never to forget nor neglect your love, Lord. Lord, help us to be satisfied in you, for none of these other things satisfy us. Only you satisfy. We stand amazed at your love, Lord, and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. The book of Hosea is such an amazing and powerful book. It's amazing the way God communicates his message of this book, of his incredible love for his people, his unending, unconditional, everlasting love for them. It's done in such a creative way through this fascinating story. And really, the, the, the two main points of this story that are illustrated so well is that God loves us in spite of, of what we do. Uh, he doesn't love us because of who we are or what we've done in the past or what we'll do in the future, but he, he loves us just because he loves us. He loves us in spite of our mistakes, our past mistakes, our current mistakes, the mistakes we'll make in our future. He's just crazy about us. And also it answers the question uh, that we sometimes have. We sometimes ask, you know, where is God? We feel like God is distant sometimes. Um, but this book shows us so clearly that if ever we feel like God is distant, it's not because he's moved, because he's always there wooing us back to himself. So if God feels distance, it, distant, it's because we've moved or we've strayed from him. I'd like us now to listen to a very, very powerful song called What God, What Love Really Means by J.J. Heller. Um, listen closely as she articulates so beautifully the message of Hosea. He cries in the corner where nobody sees He's the kid with the story no one would believe He prays every night Dear God, won't you please Could you send someone here who will love me? Who She says, hold on. 
who will love me for me, not for what I've done or what I'll become, who will love me for me? Well, there is really only one answer to this question, and that answer is Jesus Christ. Only Jesus has this kind of amazing love for us, this everlasting love, a love that's not based on what we've done or what we will do, but a love that's based on the fact that he has chosen to love us and love us with an everlasting love. It's just difficult to get our minds around that kind of love. And really, the only proper response to it is for us to just pour our heart out to him in thanksgiving uh, and to love others because of the love we've been blessed by. So let's do this right now. Wherever you're seated, if you would just bow your head and let's just thank God for this amazing, everlasting love he has for us. Let's just soak it in and relish it and then thank him for it.